At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. On VSN, the sports betting network. A happy Wednesday to you all, as everyone in the continental 48 states now on a Wednesday, as it's midnight Pacific where I'm at right now, and it is a look at with myself, Greg Hoops Pearson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg. You want to see Scott on the nightcap, technically last night as of right now, and he's doing an absolutely terrific job over there as we're seeing. Our good friends Sean King along Tim Murray doing a great job on Follow the Money this weekend. That means that I am in here on the look at this week. Very happy to be with you guys and very happy that we've got some great college basketball action for this Wednesday. In the first two hours, we want to take a look at a little bit of everything. Big thanks to Pam Maldonado joining me in the first hour to be able to take a look at a little bit of what we're going to be getting on the links this week. Our number two, Sean Green, took a look at the NFL futures market with me. So big thanks to both of them. Now let's get down to business. Now let's take a look at this college basketball betting board for Wednesday. And we're going to be starting with a ranked team that is going to be going on the road and they're going to be finding themselves as a favorite. How about if we go 727, 728 on the betting board? This is Houston. They're going to be facing off against Tulane, the green wave. They're finding themselves as an 8.5 to a 9-point underdog. In your Tulane's game, you're going to be getting it anywhere between 137 and 138. And when it comes to Tulane, I want to sing them as a 10-point underdog. First time around, these two teams wound up playing. Tulane was able to hold in there enough to be able to get the cover. They weren't able to get an outright win, and quite frankly, they weren't necessarily a giant threat to be able to get an outright win, but they did a solid job in that game. But I do take a look at this Houston team, and I do think that they're one of the more well-rounded brunches in all of college basketball. They rank in the top 25 in both points scored and points allowed on a per-possession basis. you got a team that they just always plow teams on the glass, and they've done a great job will be able to give themselves second and third chances. This is not necessarily a team that's overly flashy with regards to the way that they're going to be able to shoot it from three-point range right around 34.5 to 35% from three, but when they don't wind up hitting those shots, they've got a bunch of guys that are able to corral the ball. They are getting a offensive rebound on 37.1% of their misses. It's number three in all of college basketball. Number one is CCU, number two is UConn. So that shows you where they're at and on the road number one in all of college basketball and the percentage of their misses if they do wind up corralling for an offensive rebound and that's where Tulane is really going to be at. Kevin Cross is able to give you right around six rebounds per game and he and what you're able to get out of Jalen Cook, these are the only two guys that are able to give you more than four and a half rebounds for this team. When it comes to Cook, he has been a cooking and really been the two Jalens with Cook and Forbes who will be able to give you right around 34 points per game. Both of these guys Shooting the mid-30s from three-point range. Tulane, as, as a collective, they do shoot 37%, but 
from three-point range, but when it comes to Houston Bunch, I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job of being able to put the clamps down on the outside. You wind up seeing it in the first time around. Really, neither of these teams were able to hit a whole bunch of threes, so you do wind up seeing a little bit of a slog in that game. I think that both teams are going to be able to warm up a little bit more from three-point range, but it's a Houston team that I still think that they're going to be able to do a very good, solid job of being able to hold up in this one. When it comes to Houston Cougars, when it comes to Houston Cougars, 14th in the country with regards to opponents' three-point shooting percentage. Meanwhile, Tulane is a team that they're going to be giving up the arc a little bit too much. They rank 178th with this aspect of actually shooting, actually allowing opponents to shoot better from three-point range when they are at home rather than on the road as well. So I find that to be a little bit concerning when it comes to what you're able to get out of Kyler Edwards for this season team. He's able to give you right around 13 and a half points, five or so boards. He's able to do all three assists per game, but it's really Josh Carlton along with Fabian White Jr., who both give you 12 points per game, that I think are going to be X-Factors for this Houston team. Houston, very deep, very well-rounded team, even with Marcus Astor along Trey Marmark out of the fold after they wound up suffering some season-ending injuries. It's been a case in which Calvin Sampson has just found a way to be able to keep trucking, be able to continue to put wins up on the board. With a guy like Jamal Sheed, who's able to give you five and a half assists per game and a team in Houston. But they're only turning the ball over right around 11.3 times per game. It should allow this Cougars team to be able to get the job done. When it comes to Houston, they certainly are not a team that is going to be going up-tempo. They're a team that they rank outside the top 250 with regards to possessions per game. Tulane, they're more around 100. So Tulane is looking to push the tempo a little bit more, but I do think that Houston is going to have their way in this one. Set this total at a 134. I'm looking under with Houston. I do wind up saying them as a 10-point favorite. So I'm going to be willing to lay the points. A game that I wound up starting on in the previous hour. We got to polish this one up right now. That would be the Syracuse versus Notre Dame game. I wound up mentioning that I do like the over in this game as it's 665, 666 on the betting board with Syracuse catching any team five, five and a half points. And I'm going to be willing to take the points with Syracuse. I do recognize that Notre Dame has been a pretty solid team with regards to the way that they have been able to win quite a few games. They've been one of the bigger surprises out there in the ACC. But I do take a look at what you're able to get out of the Syracuse offense, coupled with the fact that they do generate right around eight turnovers per game. I do like what I see there. With regards to Notre Dame, they've been a relatively efficient offense all season long. With regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, they do rank out there in the top 75. But it's a Syracuse team that, even though the defense has not been good for the team, to say the least, they are 41st in the country with regards to the amount of points that they score on a per-possession basis. Buddy and Jimmy Bayon, they combined to be able to give you about 31 points per game. Buddy Bayon has really been the primary scorer for this game and shoots right around 89% at the free line. Syracuse also has George Gerard. He's able to shoot north of 80% at the charity stripe. He's been able to do a very solid job all season long and be able to shoot north of 40% from three-point range. And then take a look at the Jesse Edwards injury. That is going to be very costly, but I do think the Frank Anselm Going to be able to do a solid job of being able to help rebound for this team. And with Nate Leshevsky perhaps being out the fold once again for this Notre Dame team, he is going to be pretty much a game-time decision for them. It does cause this Notre Dame team to really have to rely upon Paul Atkinson, a guy that winds up coming in from Yale. He's been able to give the team a double-digit amount of points, six rebounds per game, but I don't know if he's necessarily going to be up for the task in this one. When it comes to the spot, I am going to be willing to take the points with Syracuse, and I'm going to be taking a look at the total over, which I wound up playing in the last hour, and if you miss any part of the show, by the way, you're able to download the VEASAN Best Bets podcast, wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, so if you miss anything, you're able to just rewind right there, and we've got you covered, and we do that for all of our shows as well, so 
you were able to get that not just for the look at, but a little bit of everything that we wind up doing over here at VEASAN, but we're doing a little bit of everything when it comes to this college basketball betting board. And when it comes to Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, I do think that this is going to be a very intriguing game as shock, shock, surprise, surprise. Virginia Tech is finding themselves as a favorite in this game. 739, 740 on the betting board is the rotation number. As right now you're finding this Virginia Tech team find themselves as a pretty good sized favorite in this one with Virginia Tech. They're laying six points. So long this game is saying 14, 131 and a half and 132. And when it comes to Virginia Tech, I do mind saying them as more around an eight-point favorite. Got a Virginia Tech team that as a collective, they're able to shoot 40% from three-point range. Got a lot of positionless basketball. Kevin Aluma's been able to give you 15 points, five and a half rebounds per game, but Justin Mutz, how about 12 and a half points, seven and a half boards? He's able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range. Hunter Couture shoots over 44% from distance. He's a guy that is able to give you right around eight to nine points per game. Naheem Aleem has been able to do a solid job of being able to contribute as well. And for Georgia Tech, Got yourself a two-man team right now. You've had Michael DeVoe, couple with Jordan and Usher, do a solid job. These two guys combined for about 31.5 to 32 points per game. You've got DeVoe shooting about 37.5% from three-point range. And to George Tech's credit, they've been able to have more of their ancillary pieces. These guys are able to generate turnovers as they're combining to be able to give you right around eight seals per contest. But at the same time, when it comes to George Tech, even though Rodney Howard has looked a little bit better, wound up having a double-double in the team's loss in overtime against Syracuse. Him only giving you right around six and a half points, five and a half rebounds per game. It's just not cutting it. You're going to need a little bit more out of him, both in this game and just moving forward in general. And then when it comes to this Virginia Tech bunch, Jordan Murphy has been able to do a nice job of being able to dish out the ball. Virginia Tech is a team that is very controlled. They rank in the bottom 10 in all of college basketball with cards to possessions per game. And when it comes to this Georgia Tech team, just about a bunch that they have been able to generate a lot of offense. I do find it intriguing that they've been looking to push the temple a little bit more because it's team 281st in the country with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. It just has not been working out for them as much. It's been a Georgia Tech team that in past years under Josh Passner, they've been a little bit more slow, a little bit more controlled. I don't know why they've went away from their identity and because they've went away from their identity, I just don't feel like this team is able to achieve what they were hoping for coming into the season with Georgia Tech. I did mind saying them as an underdog of eight points. So, I'm going to be willing to lay the points with Virginia Tech in this spot. When it comes to this total, I do think that it's an intriguing one to take a look at, but I did wind up saying my total at a 130 as well. You've got a Georgia Tech team that I want to mention the offensive woes for them. And when it comes to Georgia Tech on defense, they're still able to generate some turnovers. Virginia Tech is a team that has had a little bit of a rough go of it on defense as well, but I do think that facing off against a team like a Georgia Tech, that's going to be able to get them online. So take a look at the under, and I'm going to be willing to lay the points here. When it comes to Wisconsin versus Minnesota, I think that this is going to be a relatively solid game as well as you've got yourself the Wisconsin Badgers find themselves as, I would say once again, another one of those mid-sized favorites as Wisconsin find themselves anywhere between four and a half and five point favorites in this spot. And when it comes to this Wisconsin team, I do think that it is going to be a case in which they're going to be looking to be a little bit more dominant than they were the first time around. These two teams wound up meeting up in the city of Madison in January and in that spot, it was 66-60. to 60. Minnesota was able to hold in there. And you got a pair of teams that they do a great job of being able to take control of the ball. Both of these teams turn the ball over fewer than 10 times for contest. So both of these teams have been able to do a solid job with that aspect. You've got yourself Jameson Battle. They give you right around 16.5 points per game. 6.5 boards. It's all solidly from three-point range. Minnesota's a collective. They do shoot right around 36% from three-point range. Peyton Willis has been 
The main guy out there in the backcourt for this team, a little bit over four and a half assists. He's been able to give you 15 plus points per game. But when it comes to Wisconsin, you got a guy by the name of Johnny Davis. And oh yeah, he's still relatively solid for this team. Johnny Davis has been a guy that's been able to give the team at least seven rebounds and pretty much eight out of their last 10 games. A guy that be able to chip in there a little bit over 20 points per contest. And Johnny Davis is one of those rare breeds of guys in which they play a little bit better on the road than he has at home. At home, he's been shooting right around 30% from three-point range. On the road, over 40% from three-point range. I do think that Johnny Davis and his leadership can help Wisconsin be able to get the job done in this spot. I want to say Wisconsin as a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under as well as both of these teams outside of the top 250 with regards to possessions per game. Coming up next, we've got to take a look at a little bit more college basketball up next right here on the Look At on Beeson, Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way that VSIN is here year round to be able to make you a smarter better. Check out today's betting splits for every single game. That is at VSIN.com as it is a look at with myself, Greg Eubes Pearson, and we've got to be taking a look at this college basketball betting card for this Wednesday in the final segment. If you want to miss it in the 11 o'clock hour, that is the 2 o'clock a.m. Eastern time hour, by the way. I want to mention that Pacific time. We're going to be hitting it once again, the play that I've got over there at DK Nation. So we're going to be hitting upon that. And we've got to hit upon this one as well because you got a very intriguing handicap when it comes to Rutgers versus Michigan. Michigan, you're finding themselves in a lot of spots right around a five and a half point favorite. And I don't know if I can necessarily get by on that as you've got a Michigan team that, as we know, they're in a little bit of disarray right now because they don't have a coach or at the very least, they don't have their normal coach. I think that saying that they don't have a coach is going to be very demeaning to a guy. And Phil Martelli, who, if you recall, he actually used to coach at St. Joe's. He's been able to do some very solid work. I certainly don't want to do that because he actually gets a lot of credit from me. But with regards to Michigan, if you're looking at the rotation numbers, by the way, this is 677, 678, between the five, five and a half point favorite. Total saying 14, 135, and 135 and a half. And Michigan certainly going to be in an intriguing spot here because going to be also without Musa Diabate, a guy that has been able to be relatively solid 
for the seam down low. Terrence Williams, the second guy that he is able to be a little bit of a mixer and shaker for the seam. Neither of these guys are necessarily big losses, but I think the biggest loss is just the morale of Michigan. After what wound up happening against Wisconsin, they went four of 24 from three point range. It was a big spot for them to be able to achieve a massive win. And well, they just weren't able to knock down anything to save their lives after they led by five in the second half. It does cause the seam to be a little bit intriguing with Michigan. They haven't necessarily been able to hold up defensively. This is a team that, with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis, they have been one of the lesser teams out there in all of college basketball as they rank outside of the top 175. Meanwhile, you've got a Rutgers team that maybe they will do a good job down low. Cliff Amadoui has been able to give you 12 points, 8 rebounds per game. You've been able to have Geo Baker do a solid job but be able to dole out right around 3 to 4 assists per game. He's been able to chip in there 12 points per game, so these guys have been able to do a relatively solid job. When it comes to Rutgers, certainly not necessarily the most explosive offense out there in all of college basketball. Michigan, they're going to have a little bit of a leg up when the cards do offensively. But when it comes to the defensive side of things, I do argue that Rutgers has a little bit of an advantage. And the first time around, even with having your full allotment of pieces, along with having out there Jawan Howard, it was a case in which Rutgers was able to get it done at the rack by a count of 75 to 67 now. You do want to be noting with Rutgers, this is just always has been and always will be a different team at home than they are on the road. But when it comes to Michigan, I wound up saying them more around a four-point favorite in this spot just because I don't really know what we're going to be able to get out of this Phil Martelli-led Michigan team. Michigan is a team that, to start with, they played a very slow style. They are a team that they rank outside the top 250 with regards to possessions per game, more specifically 279. You're going up against a Rutgers team that... As we all know, they're not necessarily a team that is going to be able to crank up too much tempo with Rutgers. They are a, another team that they find themselves outside the top 275 with regards to possessions per game. They rank more around 292nd. And I do think that what you're able to get out of Ron Harper Jr. is going to be able to keep this team live. A guy that's able to give you 15 points per game. She's just below 40% from three and Hunter Dickinson. Give him credit. A true seven-footer that has been able to be able to extend his range to be able to shoot threes. She's right around 36, 37% from three-point range. Caleb Houston has been able to do a significantly better job at home than he has on the road. I don't know what it is about him, but he's a top 10 freshman who, whenever he's been at home, he's been able to do a very solid job on the road. It has been a little bit more feast or famine with him, but it's one of those handicaps in which it's just a case in which you've really got to be using a lot of feel because when it comes to how much you adjust, for having Juwan Howard out of the fold, how much you wind up adjusting with regards to just all the hoopla that's been going on because this no doubt is a distraction for Michigan basketball. I think that it's a little bit more custom. I wind up making this to where I wind up dedu deducting Michigan right around two and a half points for everything that wound up happening, just the schedule spot in general. And then when it came to Diabate along with Williams being out of the fold, that was another point and a half deduction. If this were a completely normal circumstance, I do think that Michigan, with obviously not having the suspensions as well, I think that they should be more around an 8-edge point favorite, but with them dealing with all that they are dealing right now, the scheduling spot itself, having all these suspensions, I wound up settling in on a number of four. Rutgers was able to get a less than sexy cover against Purdue a few days ago, and all in all, has been able to be a relatively solid cover team with Michigan. They're a team that they rank outside the top 150 with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage as well. So I do think that Rutgers is going to be able to hit a couple threes in this game. You do have a pair of teams that, once again, I mentioned it, outside the top 260 
with regards to possessions per game. So you got a pair of teams that are going to be looking to play relatively slow. I did wind up saying the total at 132, and as a result, I'm going to be taking a look at the total under. But with Rutgers, I think that they hold in there. Going to be taking a look at the points. I know that Sean Green, well, I'm talking a little bit about this with me as well in the second hour, and we are in sort of lockstep on that one, as I do think that that is going to be one of the more interesting games to handicap, not just on this day, but just for the entirety of the season in general, given everything that's happened. And what else is very intriguing is taking a look at everything that you've got out there in the Missouri Valley. As you've got 729, 730 Illinois State, they're going to be playing on the road against Southern Illinois. The Salukis are finding themselves as a decent-sized favorite in this spot. With Southern Illinois, you're going to be finding them as a 6.5-point favorite with your total on this game between 131 and 131.5. And, and when it comes to Illinois State, they're a team that they are dealing with a little bit of a coaching change. Dan Muller decided that he was going to leave the program about a week or so ago. And in the two games ever since then, Illinois State has been relatively pedestrian on offense. This was a team that, while they were under the tutelage of Dan Muller, they were in the top 50 with regards to possessions per game. They're going up against Southern Illinois team that you can't get any more opposite of that. With regards to Southern Illinois on a possessions per game basis, 351st out of 358 D1 teams. So they do a very good job of being able to slow things down. But with regards to Illinois State, I do think that Antonio Reeves is going to be able to keep this team relatively live in this game. He's a guy that has been able to average a little bit over 20 points per game. She's just below 40% from three-point range with Illinois State. They have been missing Cy Chapman, their top rebounder, a guy that's able to give you right around six points per game. So it's going to be a little bit of an issue, especially against a Southern Illinois team that they don't have a single, I guess we've got a true big man on this team. They wound up having a few guys that wound up being in and out of the fold and a few guys that just in general have not necessarily been effective for the team. But what you do have is Marcus Tomask, a guy that winds up coming in from Ponders, Wisconsin. 16 points, right around four and a half boards, three assists per game. Shoots it solidly from three-point range. Lance Jones just does not shoot it well from three, but for a Southern Illinois team that they generate a little bit over five seals per contest, he's able to get two of those. So he's been able to do a very solid job of being able to liven up the Southern Illinois team in general. When it comes to Southern Illinois, it is a team that has been up and down with regards to what they've been able to get, with regards to being able to take care of the ball. They've been able to do a little bit better job recently. I think that they're going to do a good job here against an Illinois State team that they've been able to get a little bit more rebounding recently out of some of their ancillary pieces. And it's a team that they shoot in the high 30s from three-point range, right around 36.5% from distance. But I do have my interpretations when it comes to what you're able to get out of this bunch as well. I do think that Illinois State is going to be looking to play a little bit more slowly in this game. So as a result, I do wind up reining in my total a little bit more as well when it comes to Illinois State. They are a team that I did wind up saying as a relatively sizable favorite, 80 and a half points. I'm one delayed. With this total, set it at a 134 and a half. I do think that Southern Illinois is going to be able to pick apart Illinois State. Even though Southern Illinois is a very slow and controlled team, they are going to take opportunities if you wind up giving them to them. And I think that they're going to have plenty in this game. So I'm going to be taking a look at the over and I'm going to be one delay the points with regards to Southern Illinois. When it comes to perhaps laying slash shaking the points, I think this is another one that is very intriguing as well. As you got Bradley, and they're going to be hitting the road, and they're going to be facing off against Missouri State. Missouri State find themselves as a pretty sizable favorite in this spot as well. So we've got a lot of Missouri Valley Conference action, which you are finding a relatively sizable favorite in a lot of these games. And when it comes to what you're going to be able to get out of this Missouri State team, you've got a pair of guys. 
that are absolutely dominant. Engage Prim along with Isaiah Mosley. Mosley is a guy that gives you just below 20 points per game. He's able to shoot darn near 38% from three-point range. I do like his overall game as you're finding Missouri safe in the spot right around a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and the total is right around 140-and-a-half, and spot in which I wound up settling in as Missouri State being a mid-sized favorite myself. So I think that is going to be very intriguing to see what you wind up getting there. And then on the flip side for Bradley, it's a team that has been able to hold up on defense. Brink Mask is a guy that is 6'9". He's been able to do an okay job. I'll be able to stretch out, be able to hit a couple threes. But on the other side, I'll give you guys my official picks on this one. And we've got a lot of other ins and outs in college basketball. It's such a big card to hit on. So we're going to be doing that next right here as you're listening right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. And more specifically, you've got the look at more college basketball on the other side right here on Visa. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Need more college basketball insight? Check out the podcast Coast Coast Hoops. That is with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, as I look at every single major and every single minor college basketball game on the upcoming schedule to be able to find you opportunities. If it's involving two D1 college basketball teams, I will be able to give you an opinion, my take, my side, my total, and analysis on every single game on this podcast. You get unique insights and solid bettering opportunities on every one of them. Download Coast to Coast Soups at vsan.com slash podcast or wherever you get podcasts. And while you're there, catch up on every single vsan show as well. And you're able to get this Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. list goes on and on as it is a look at with myself, Craig Eves Pearson. And by the way, that fresh edition of Coast to Coast Soups, that just dropped 30 minutes ago. And we talk about everything from the game that we're talking about right now with Missouri State going at it against Bradley to what you're going to be finding out there in the Patriot League with teams like Bucknell versus Army, American versus Lehigh. We cover a little bit of everything on there, and it's all about being able to make you guys money because it doesn't matter what it is on, whether it be Bradley versus Missouri State like we're talking about right now, whether it be the Super Bowl, whether it be Duke versus North Carolina, or if it wind up being Redford versus Longwood. There's money to be made on all of them, but getting back to this, <clears throat> excuse me, getting back to this Bradley versus Missouri State game, I do mind saying my side at Missouri State being a six and a half point favorite, mentioned it a little bit on the other side. The duo of Gage Prim along with Isaiah Mosley being just so dominant for the team. And then for Bradley, you do have a guy in Terry Roberts who's able to do a solid job. He's able to give you 15 points per game. And Bradley has not been a bad cover team. At the same time, it's a Bradley team that. They're just very streakly, streaky. We wound up saying it earlier in the season. They wound up having a 20-point lead get blown when they wound up losing to Illinois State. It's a team that they've just been a little bit all over the place with regards to what you're able to find out of their just overall offense as well. Is there a team that they shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range and they shoot sub-70% at the free line? Missouri State, they're a bunch that they shoot right around 78.5% at the free line. They're in the top 15 in all of college basketball with that aspect Missouri State. They do leave a little bit of something to be desired on defense. They rank right around 160th in the country with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. This is a Bradley team that they rank in the top 50. So anybody will do a solid job there. It is a Bradley team that has been a little bit more comfortable at home than on the road on defense, giving up about 9.7 points or 7.9 points more on the road than they have been at home. So 
I do think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue. I do think they're going to get a little bit of a lower scoring game because both of these teams, they rank outside the top 225 with regards to possessions per game. So I do think that the tempo is going to be slowed down in this one. I'm going to be willing to take a look at an under, but I want to setting my total at a 134.5. So we're going to be taking a look at that to go along with Missouri State, who I wound up setting as a 6.5 point favorite. So I'm going to be looking to lay the points in this game, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under as well. And another game that we've got to be taking a look at with a little bit of intrigue. How about if we wind up going out west? Wyoming versus Colorado State. This is going to be one of the later games. 7.43, 7.44 on the betting board. You've got yourself Colorado State in a revenge spot, and they're finding themselves as a favorite in this revenge spot of six points. So on this game, and between 143.5 and 144, these two teams wound up doing battle a little bit under a month ago. That was out there in Laramie at Elevation, and Wyoming, they got the job done in overtime, a game in which they were a little bit fortunate to be able to force overtime in because Colorado State had a chance to be able to win the game in regulation with some made free throws. They wind up going one of two, and I do think the Colorado State is going to be able to get revenge in this spot. I just don't know if it's going to be fully to the tune of six points. Well, I'm saying my line at five and a half, so I'm willing to take a six here with Wyoming. Big thing for the Cowboys is that I think that they're going to be able to do a solid job down low. David Roddy, he's able to get rowdy for this Colorado State team. Shooting over 45% from three-point range, a little bit over a seal per contest, a little bit over a block per game, and chips in their 19 and a half points, right around eight rebounds per game. Now with Colorado State, they don't have a single other guy that gives them more than five rebounds per game, and Ken, and Chandler Jacobs is the only other guy in the roster that gives them more than four rebounds per game. With Graham E.K., he's been able to give this Wyoming team right around 21 points, nine and a half rebounds per game, and then on top of that, you've got a guy in Hunter Maldonado who's a six foot seven point guard who's absolutely magnificent. 17 and a half points, six and a half boards, five assists. Not necessarily a guy that's going to shoot it well from three-point range, but makes all winning plays for the team. Does wind up turning the ball over a little bit too much, but it's still a Wyoming team that with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis, they do rank in the top 25 in all of college basketball. When it comes to Wyoming, the defense can be a little bit hit or miss for the team. You're able to say the same for this Colorado State bunch as well. With regards to Colorado State, they do rank 157th in the country with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis, and they're allowing more points on a per-possession basis at home rather than on the road. You have Bryce Hamilton to thank for that when he wound up going off for UNLV a few weeks ago. But this is a Wyoming team that I think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job of being able to take care of the ball. Their defensive efficiency home to road really doesn't have a lot of fall off either. Wyoming has been a team that has been able to do a relatively solid job on the road. So I do give them a lot of credit there. And when it comes to what you're able to get out of guys like Drake Jeffries, they're very good shooters for a Wyoming team that they shoot. In the I-30s from three-point range, Jeffries shooting about 45% from distance. He's able to give you 10-plus points per game. Now, with Colorado State, they're not going to beat themselves. You do have a guy in Isaiah Stevens with an assist-to-turnover ratio right around three and a half. It's a Colorado State team that they themselves are in the top 20 with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. I do think, though, that with having both of these teams outside the top 250 with regards to possessions per game, you're going to get a little bit of lower-scoring game than we wound up seeing in game one. Set this total at 143. So I'm going to be diving with the under and with Wyoming. Set them as a five and a half point underdog. So here at six plus, I'm going to be willing to take the points. When it comes to the other big game that's going to be going out west, that would actually be a Pac-12 showdown between a pair of teams out there in the great state of Washington. How about if we go 745, 746 on the betting board? Washington State is going to be playing us Washington. Washington is a nine to nine and a half point underdog. Total, we've seen a little bit of a rise in it. You want to seeing it open up right around a 134. 
Now you're finding it anywhere between a 135 and a half. Seeing as high as 137 out there at DraftKings as well. And I think that this is a very appropriate move on the total. I wound up saying my total at a 144. Got a Washington team that they just have not been able to do a great job defensively when they have been on the road. With regards to Washington on a per possession basis, they do rank 151st with regards to points allowed. And when it comes to their true road games, they're giving up 16.8 more points per 100 possessions when they are on the road rather than at home. Now you take a look at Washington State. They actually rank in the top 30 with regards to defensive efficiency. Actually allow more points on a per possession basis so at home rather than on the road. So that is something to take a look at. You do have a guy in Michael Flowers. They will shoot about 37% for three-point range, 13.5 points per game. Or a Washington State team that they rank outside the top 200 with regards to possessions per game. Haven't necessarily been able to get a tongue going with regards to their offense, but got on the other side, Terrell Brown. Brown is someone that for Washington has ranked in the top 10 among qualifying D1 players in terms of points per game, right around 21.8 points per contest. Doesn't shoot above three-point range. Washington as a collective, they're able to shoot more like 32-ish percent from three-point range, but you have seen Nate Roberts do a solid job down low. He's been able to give the team seven plus three bounds in four of the team's last five games. Has been a little bit inconsistent with this, but has been raining in a little bit more. You do have a guy in Emmett Matthews giving you 11 points, five rebounds per game, but I'm willing to lay up to a 10 spot here with Washington State because I do think that Andre Yagmoski, a guy that stands right around six foot eight, comes in from North Macedonia. He's going to be able to have another impactful game. Whenever he's gotten minutes, good things have happened for this Washington State team. It's a guy that is able to shoot over 40% from three-point range. I think that he's going to be able to bring a new element to this Washington State team. I think that he's going to see a lot more minutes moving forward. I think that he's going to be relatively effective with them. So I do mind saying Washington State as a 10-point favorite made this little 144 as well. So we're looking at the under along with the Cougars. When it comes to what we're able to get out of the American, it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens in this Central Florida versus Cincinnati game. 741-742. We are on to Cincinnati. And they're on to the road. Face off against Central Florida with the Knights being between a two and two and a half point favorite. Total is any more team. 140 and a half and 141 and a half. When it comes to Central Florida, I do mind saying them as a three and a half point favorite. Got a pair of guys in Darren Green Jr. coupled with Darius Perry. That they both shoot in the mid to high 30s in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Perry's been able to chip in their four and a half assists per game. And I think it's going to be really intriguing with regards to Central Florida, which you're able to get down low. Checking Mbake Zhang, coupled with CJ Walker. They're able to combine for about 12 rebounds per game. These two guys both combined to be able to give you just below three blocks per contest as well. And with Cincinnati, you don't necessarily get a ton down low. You've only got one guy that's able to give you more than five rebounds per game. That'd be Jeremiah Davenport. Davenport has been able to shoot 37% from three-point range. He's been able to do a good job of being able to spearhead this offense. But you just don't necessarily have a lot of other pieces that have been able to come through and help this team out. As we know, when it comes to Wes Miller, does a good job with regards to his defense and with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. This is a Cincinnati team that they certainly have been able to cut it. It's a team that they've been looking to play a little bit slower as well. But when it comes to Cincinnati, in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, this is a team that they do rank inside of the top 50. More specifically, they're ranking more in the pocket of about 36. But I do think that this is going to be a little bit of tough ask. I do think that Central Florida is going to be able to win with their team three-point shooting being right around 35%. Set Central Florida is a three and a half point favorite. I think that this total is too high as well. Set it at a 133.5. I'm diving under. In the final segment, going to be giving you guys my DK Nation pick for this college basketball Wednesday right here on the lookout on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead on vsin the sports betting network It is the final segment of The Look At right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. If you're listening to me live, well, coming up next, you've got another three hours of Greg Peterson. Depending on who you are, I don't know whether to say you're welcome or to say I'm sorry, but it is what it is there if you're listening to the replay. So if you're listening to this at 3.45 a.m. Pacific, 6.45 a.m. Eastern, well, in 15 minutes, you've got follow the money coming up. It's going to be all sorts of fun over there so we've got a great day set here over here at visa and the sports betting network and here in the final segment got to give you guys what i all like on the college basketball betting card including what i wanted writing up for dk nation how about if we wind up hitting that right about now as the game that i wrote up is out there in the sec on the rotation at 737 738 lsu in the road they're facing off against kentucky kentucky's find themselves in most spots a seven to seven half point favorite and your tall game we are finding it anywhere between a 142 and a half, seeing as high as a 144 out there as well. And I can tell you right now, I wound up taking this total under with regards to what I wound up writing up. When it comes to LSU, it's been a very solid team with regards to defense. Heck, they've been much more than solid. They've been number two in the country with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. So they have been very exceptional with that regard. Then you take a look at Kentucky. And you've been able to get a lot of production down low out of Oscar Sheboy. Second chances are going to be very hard to come by for LSU because he is averaging 15.2 rebounds per game and he has had at least 14 rebounds in 10 straight games. That is absolutely amazing. Now you take a look at the backcourt of this bunch in Kentucky and it's a little bit banged up. Ty Ty Washington, a couple with Xavier Wheeler. Both of these guys wound up missing the team's game against Alabama over the weekend. When it comes to both of these guys, there's a good chance that both of them wind up playing. Both of these guys are officially listed as questionable, so I do think that there's a good chance that you wind up seeing at least one of these guys be able to play, but got to figure that they're going to be a little bit less than 100%. Now, Xavier Wheeler, number three in all of college basketball, the grids assists per game at 7.1. Without these two guys in the fold, the team was actually able to do a very good job against Alabama. They were able to put up 90 points in that game. I attribute that more to Alabama being a really, really lackadaisical defense to say the least rather than anything else first time these two teams wound up playing it was LSU who in the state of Louisiana were able to get the job done like got it 65 to 60 I don't think it's going to be quite that big of a rock fight in this one I'd be very surprised if you wind up seeing quite that but at the same time you do have a Kentucky bunch that 
They've been able to do a relatively solid job on defense themselves. Now with Kentucky, they actually do rank number six in the country with regards to points scored on a per possession basis, but it's been a team that has been able to do a relatively solid job on defense as well. They're not as quite dominant on defense, but still, they're 24th of the country with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis in their home games. They're giving up 9.1 points fewer per one of possessions than they are on the road as well. So it is a team that has been better at Rupp Arena. I do think that Kellen Grady is going to be able to imprint on this game because even if you do wind up having Ty Ty Washington and Savio Wheeler in the fold, got to figure, like I said, they're not going to be quite 100%. He's a guy that's able to shoot north of 43% from three-point range, double-figure amount of points per game. Terry Easton is going to be able to keep this team live. Long Darius stays, both of these guys down low. They combine to be able to give you about 30 points, 14-ish rebounds per game. So these guys have been solid. And for Xavier Pinson, he is now back in the fold for LSU. Has been able to give this team quite a few assists in recent games. I believe it combined 22 in the last three games. So he's back to being at full force. But he's also a guy that he gives you right around two seals per contest. So I think that that's going to be all about the defense a little bit more in this game as well. I did want to say Kentucky as a 7.5 point favorite. I'm willing to lay up to a 7.5. Eight would be really starting to be the buy point for me on LSU. And when it comes to the total, it is what I want to brighten up for DK Nation. Set mine at a 135 and a half with seeing 142 plus out there on the board. I like this total under. Once again, I don't think you quite wind up getting 65 to 60 like we wound up seeing in game number one between these two. But I certainly do think that it's going to be a little bit more of a low scoring slug. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under and I'm going to be taking a look at LSU in this spot. Got a couple other ins and outs games that we're going to be seeing on this college basketball Thursday as I do think that this one between George Mason and VCU is going to be interesting, by the way. I said Thursday, I mean Wednesday. You always want to try to think a day ahead of time. Now it is officially Wednesday, so how about if we had 667, 668 on the bang board? You have VCU find themselves anywhere between a 6 and 7 point favorite over George Mason with your total anywhere between 129.5 and 130.5 and I think is really intriguing with this VCU team is that all of a sudden they've been able to become very much an over team. It's a team that has still been terrific with regards to their defense. They are number six in the country with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. But Ace Baldwin has been the ace for this team. And it's a big reason why you've been seeing a whole bunch of overs. And as a matter of fact, you have seen each of your last six VCU games go over the total. Seven out of their last eight. So it certainly has been a case in which You've been seeing these totals set a little bit too low, and I'm not quite sure why, because VCU, I do recognize if you take a look at the full season stats, they have not been great on offense, but ever since Baldwin's been able to get back in the fold, this team has been great. He's been able to shoot in the mid-40s from three-point range. He does generate three steals per game, and be able to do a good job being able to give you a double-digit amount of points per game, and for VCU, they've been able to score at least 71 points, and now four out of their last five games. So you've got a George Mason team that, They've been able to do a relatively solid job of themselves of being able to put the ball in the basket as you've got Deshaun Schwartz on Josh Oduru. Both of these guys have been able to combine for about 32-ish points per game with Schwartz. He's been able to shoot 37% from three-point range when it comes to points scored on a per-possession basis. It's been a relatively solid George Mason team. They rank inside of the top runner with this regard. They average more than a point per possession both at home and on the road, so you've been able to travel relatively well. Now, I don't think that you're going to see quite the outburst that we wound up seeing the first time around. A few weeks ago, these two teams wound up playing 85 to 70. VCU was able to get the job done. I could see George Mason wind up getting close to that 70 mark. VCU, I don't think, is going to be able to quite get to 85. Now, I do think that VCU 
is going to be able to win both of these matchups. I just don't think that they're going to be able to cover quite this big of a number. I wound up saying my line at five because you do have a VCU team that they are a little bit vulnerable down low. Oduro is able to give you 1.7 blocks along with right around eight rebounds per game. And then you've got Devontae Gaines, who's been able to give this George Mason team right around eight rebounds per game as well. So he's been solid. Devon Cooper has been able to do a solid job coming in for more. I'd say he's able to give you a double figure amount of points per game for VCU. You have been able to have a lot out of Vince Williams Jr. as well, a guy that's been able to give you 15 plus points in four out of the last five games. So these guys for both sides have been relatively solid on offense. Set my total at a 131 and a half. So I'm going to be taking a look at this game over as right now on the board, you're seeing anywhere between 129 and a half and 130 just seems low in this spot. And with being able to get six half to seven here with George Mason, I'm going to be taking a look at the points as well. When it comes to this Iowa State versus West Virginia game, I think you've got an intriguing one here as well. 681, 682. Iowa State has find themselves between a five and five and a half point favorite. So this game is anywhere team 131 and a half and 132 and a half. With Iowa State set them as a five and a half point favorite. Saw a lot of fives out there. I would much rather lay five and a half with Iowa State rather than take five and a half with West Virginia. This is a West Virginia team that they're just in poor form and they need somebody to be able to help out Taz Sherman because Taz Sherman has actually been very solid for the team, giving you 18 and a half points per game. Not a great three point shooter, but He's all a three-point shooter in the mid-30s. The big thing with West Virginia is they just have been absolutely terrible on the glass. This is a team that they rank outside the top 250 with regards to rebounds on a per-possession basis, or I should say rebound rates. So if you wind up having 100 rebounds, if you wind up pulling in 51 out of those 100 rebounds, your rebound rate would be 51%. So nice, clean, and easy there. But with regards to the amount of second chances that West Virginia is letting up is really, really bad. And on the road, it gets even worse because with regards to the 358 D1 teams, with regards to opponents rebound rate on their misses, West Virginia's 352nd. They allow opponents to be able to reel in 33.3% of their missed shots. And on the road, this winds up going up to more like 34.2%. It's not necessarily a dominant Iowa State team on the glass, but you do have Isaiah Brockington, somebody who I really like. They will give you right around 17 points, eight boards. A guy that from three-point range has been able to shoot just below 40% from three-point range. You've got Andre Kunich, who's been able to shoot over 40% from three-point range. He's been able to come in as a transfer from Washington State. He's been solid. Caleb Grill hasn't necessarily been too terrific, but when it comes to what you're able to get out of Iowa State as well, it's not a team that necessarily likes it up on offense outside the top 150 with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, but it's a team that they rip the ball away. They rank at the top 15 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. And for Iowa State, they are generating a steal on 12.2% of their possessions. That is 18th in all of college basketball. They do a solid job there. They're going up against a West Virginia team that they themselves have been able to do a good job. I'll be able to force some turnovers here more around 44th in the country with this respect. But at home, they force a steal on 12.4% of their possessions, 9.9 on the road. I do think that that is going to be proving to be a little bit costly in this matchup. West Virginia has been having a little bit of a tougher time on defense, but at the same time, I do think that things are going to be a little bit more real than in this one. Set my total at 131 and a half. So seeing a lot of 132s, 132s, I'm going to be taking a look at the under to go along with Iowa State. And what I'm always wanting to take along, great content. And we, we always have that at Decent coming up next. You're either going to be hearing myself or follow the money. That is right here on the Sports Bank Network, Decent.
This. 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 At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.